Hey, everybody. Welcome to Skeleton Keys. I'm Tori Yatesor. And I'm John Booker. And together, we're going to try to unlock the mysteries of mythology and history in pop culture. What are we talking about today, John? Tori, we are aiming to get under your skin today as we talk about the mythology and history of tattoos. Tattoos. Tori, I, I must ask, we, we can't even get into this without first getting into a little bit of personal history. Tori, do you have tattoos? I do. I have seven of them. Seven tattoos? Yeah, oh, big okay. fan, Give actually. Us, I love it. Give us the rundown here on your tattoos. I've got several on my arms. I've got Feather, Basquiat's crown, a Thoreau quote, what else? Cleopatra's name in hieroglyphics. Tennessee, which I got when I was drunk and lived in New York, and I missed home. (laughs) Don't do that, kids. And then an arrow that I got with my cousin for I can control my own direction. And then another one I'm going to talk about later because it's not great. Okay. All right. What about you? (laughs) I, too, have tattoos. I've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six you're one ahead of me, by the way. I have, I have six. I shouldn't but... be. I'm going to get the other one right at time. <laughs> okay. All right. I can't wait to hear this story. But yeah, I have I have an Eiffel Tower on one arm that is um, a, a symbol of where I got engaged, actually, which was at the Eiffel Tower. And I've got down on one of my wrists, I have a king of clubs uh, tattoo, and my partner has a queen of clubs tattoo. So we've got these matching tattoos. I love that. Right? And then I have a film strip that is on my arm and like a sleeve type thing. Then I've got from George Maley's Trip to the Moon, I have a, uh, and I'm showing Tori like everybody else it's can really see this cool. on camera, <laughs> but <laughs> I have this uh, Trip to the Moon tattoo from George Maley's first film that told a story. I love, of course, story and storytelling. So under that, I have tattooed Once Upon a Time, just as a, a tribute to my love of story. And then I've got this logical tattoo on my forearm. That is a uh, from a German woodcut of uh, the Redemption Fountain that's got the masculine and the feminine together in this interesting alchemical bath. And then I've got a, uh, a quote from Oedipus Rex uh, that's tattooed under that. And it's in Greek. And it says, it loosely translates to say, I, I was born for uh, something great, something terrible, something strange. Ooh. Right? I like that. Yeah. That's how you want to like go through life. Well, you know, I'm one of those people that believes, you know, if you're going to get tattoos and mark your body forever, you should choose something that has meaning for you. Choose something that's personal, right? I I mean, all of mine have meaning to me. Yeah. But some people don't do that. Some people just like, like, I like that picture. Yeah. Let's put it on my body. Or some people, it's spiritual. There's so many different meanings for tattoos. I'm glad you brought that up because there's it's not like there's a definitive answer to this, but a lot of people feel like tattoos kind of fall into three categories that there's tattoos, you know, that 
are pictorial, that just somebody loves, you know, that image. And so they want that on their body. And sometimes that pictorial image is a person they love. Sometimes, you know, uh, someone has lost a child and they get that child's image, you know, tattooed on their body. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, a a wonderful place they visited as a uh, child and they they want that image on their body. The second type of of tattoos are those symbolic tattoos that you mentioned that have a, a specific meaning you know, to the person that wears them. So your arrow tattoo of being able to choose a certain direction, my story tattoo, uh, these, these are symbols that have certain meanings, uh, you know, to us. I My mythological tattoo that has this al- alchemical meaning as well as this mythological meaning, it speaks a, a great deal to, to the internal journey, you know, that I experience. In some ways, I'm writing my biography in ink on my body. And, and then finally, Finally, there's the purely decorative tattoos that have no specific meaning, and those are fine too. If that's you know, you do you. If that's you, and, it's and your body. We, it's your body. You you can certainly decorate it in the way that you see fit. And you know, I've seen some beautiful decorative tattoos, and ask people about them, and they say, you know, I just I love the way it looks. I love the way it makes me look, and that is wonderful as well. And historically, tattoos have never meant one thing. Yeah. They right. all differ. I mean, tattoo comes from the word tatao, which mm. means to tap in Tahitian because mm. that's how they originally did it. Mm. So if you complain about the pain with a tattoo now, just imagine <laughs> just getting tapped with a <laughs> needle. <laughs> it's real bad. With like a sharp rock. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. But I mean, tattoos have been around since the beginning of time. They're on Otsi, that mummy that was found in the Alps. And they think his tattoos were because he had issues with his knees and issues with health. And they were like pointing to that. And then the Egyptians wore them, the priestess would wear them for certain gods and as divine intervention. The Maori wear them as a symbol of their genealogy, of mm. their place in you know society. So they can always have different meanings. And I think that's what's really interesting about them. They can't really be one thing. Yeah, they can't be yeah. defined in that way. Well, and as you say, you know, when we look at different cultural traditions and different historical traditions, we we of course then also have the different mythological traditions, you know, where where tattoos are accepted and where they're not accepted. You know, I I grew up in the Christian tradition and tattoos were very iffy. You know, if somebody had tattoos from when, from before when they became a Christian, that was okay. But getting tattoos after you had become a Christian, that was pretty iffy. That was uh, questionable. In the Jewish tradition, you know, tattoos not accepted, very much prohibited. Uh, in the Islamic tradition, uh, for the most part, again, tattoos not are, are prohibited, not accepted. And, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, neo-paganism. These traditions all very much accept uh, tattoos. And I think of the yantra tattoos or the the sakyant tattoos that uh, are often incorporating, you know, images, prayers, symbolism that is associated with the Buddhist tradition. And and many times seen to be as protective and symbols, you know, of protection, much in the same way that Egyptians believed in some parts of Egyptian culture that their tattoos conveyed, you know, a a divine protection as well. You know, it's interesting to me. I'm going to put something out there. If I sound crazy, 
you can just cut me off. <laughs> okay. I've been thinking about this. Okay. How cultures view tattoos. This is going to sound weird. It's a weird, weird hypothesis. We talked about how, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, religions of the book frown upon that. Yes. I, and while other faiths tend to welcome that, that's, that's a beautiful decision. Yeah. Is it because that the faiths of the book tend to view like the body as belonging to, to God mm. and the other ones view the body as your, not your, maybe not your own, but like as your own vessel, as your own, your own right to go on your own journey? Yeah. Does that make any sense? Totally makes sense. And I, I do think you're on to something there. I think even within, as you, as you say, the traditions of the book, you know, uh, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, there there are, with Christianity and Judaism, uh, specifically, there are commandments in Leviticus 19 that you know, you you are, are not supposed to uh, mark your body in, in those uh, ways. Now, it's probably worth mentioning that th- those are likely responses to uh, pagan practices at the time amongst, you know, the, the, the Babylonians and the Chaldeans, you know, who were marking their body, and even the Egyptians who were marking their body. So m- more than most likely, that that's probably in response to those uh, traditions that were seen as anti uh, the Judeo-Christian God uh, that were of a pagan tradition, but even within the the Christian tradition, your idea about the body belonging to God, of course, is very very connected to the Christian faith and the Christian beliefs. And depending on which flavor of Christianity one adheres to, there's belief, you know, a rapture of the body uh, returning up out of the ground and returning to the heavens when Jesus uh, returns to the earth. And that has kept a number of, of Christian traditions from supporting the, the, the cremation practices after death, because there's a belief that the body will rise up out of the ground. So the way that these different traditions treat the, the, the body often has a lot to do with their, their, their connection to the divine. The last thing I'll, I'll say on it is... You know, in cultures like Japan, tattoos uh, have a deep spiritual connection in, in some corners of, of their traditions there. And th- there are even folk stories uh, about, you know, certain cer- certain stories that uh, have become popular in Japanese culture that people will get tattoos, uh, even full body tattoos that uh, connect to various stories from their folk culture. I, th- I think it's, and my Japanese is terrible, but I think it's uh, Sukoden is um, uh, the particular tale about a, a group of outlaws that that rise up against this evil uh, ruler uh, that are tattooed. But yeah, it's fascinating because like any sort of of mythological motif, there's not hard and fast rules. It looks different in every culture. And tattoos, you know, in in the parlance of Joseph Campbell, are the the motif with a thousand faces in many ways. A hundred percent. It's it's interesting. Um, when I was getting my tattoos, my brother was vehemently against it. Mm. <laughs> he was like, absolutely not. There's nothing <laughs> that could come good out of this. Don't do it. And it's interesting to me how they can sometimes be villainized as 
these are bad. This represents bad people. And like you were speaking about the Japanese, those beautiful full body tattoos that they have, they're called um, horimono. And a lot of them are deeply spiritual. However, a lot for me, when I was first thinking about them, I was like, only Yakuza get them. Mm. Only the gangsters get them. Mm. But then you have to look back at like, who told you gangsters get them? (laughs) It's always like, hmm. Was it the Western world when they were trying to sell movies and like I think also it was putting the them Fast as the and other? The Furious, right? It was the Fast, Fast and the, the Furious. Furious that showed me that. Yeah, I love Fast and Furious. By the way, I'm not knocking. Please, Vin Diesel, I'm a big fan. Um, <laughs> families, everything. But yeah, it's interesting to how even in one culture, they can mean certain things. Where some people might think that they're they're gangsters, and some people might think that's extremely spiritual, and you need to go, you know. I see what these represent for you. I understand you're trying to live up to what your um, horimoto means. So I've always found that really interesting. And, you know, I got my tattoos regardless of my brother. <laughs> what was his concern about the tattoos? Was Tori, it- no one's going to hire you if you have tattoos. <laughs> I had that exact thought when I uh, was getting my own tattoos. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know that your uh, your brother's concerns are unfounded there because I, I had my own worries about, uh, you know, marking my body in a certain way, what that would... Uh, and certainly the first tattoos that I got were all ones that I could easily cover with uh, a certain type of clothing. Now, as, as anyone who's gotten tattoos knows, they kind of become addictive and the more you get, the more you want. And I, I reached a point where the tattoos I, I got were no longer easily covered. And so I, I've grown beyond that with my own tattoo journey. It's above you now. It's above me. It's above me. <laughs> it's above me. We've moved, we've moved past that. And I, you're absolutely right. I find it's either somebody has one tattoo or you have a lot of tattoos. Yeah. There's yeah. no like, I just have two. It's yeah. like one, 15. <laughs> Now, you know, we're talking about tattoos, but certainly another, I would say maybe a cousin of tattoos is the idea of scarification and the Mm. idea of intentionally scarring the body. I think this is sort of an interesting idea, Tori, because the scars that we have are certainly reminders of of pain. And and they're wonderful metaphors, you know, that uh, also serve for our internal journey, that sometimes our internal scars are far greater than our external scars. However, there are certain traditions that believe in this scarification of the body that intentionally scar their body to many times cause them to remember certain ideas or principles, or even to just to simply remember, I am a part of this tribe. I'm a part of this group. I am separated. I am different. And, And that to me, in some ways goes back to the idea even of tattoos, um, being uh, communal in a sense. They they bring people together. When you see someone else with tattoos, you often do tend to say, oh, I either, I want to get another tattoo or, oh, let me look and see what that person has marked their body with. A hundred percent. I think it's, there's a kinship there of like, oh, we're all in this together. We've marked our bodies or, you know, spe- speaking of scarification, I always think I don't know uh, if certain fraternities do this, but a number of black fraternities have brands. Yeah. My father's uh, Omega Sci-Fi. He doesn't have the brand. He said he was too pretty for it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but a number of his friends have a brand on their arm of 
the omega symbol. And you can't tell them like that they're not bonded with every other omega sci-fi in the world. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, that's my brother. They literally say, oh, that's, bro- that's my brother. Yeah. They don't know him, <laughs> but that's my brother. They all have gone through that same experience. They all have that brand or they all have gone through whatever initiation Omega Sci-Fi does. And it's, it's kind of like beautiful to see yeah. that this, this piece of art or this piece of uh, this scar can connect so many people. Yeah. Well, there, there's, there's such a long tradition of marking the body in ways to make meaning and make associations. And, you know, this, almost every tradition has something uh, that explains certain reasons that the body is marked in certain ways, even naturally. You know, the the idea of the, you know, without going too deep down this rabbit hole, uh, you know, circumcision in, in many ways, you know, in the tradition of the Judeo-Christian faith is a marking of the body. It, it, it is a scarification of the body that is intentional. So when we talk about these things, I don't want us to just give off the impression that this is just, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the Maori or, uh, or, or some group that we might consider to be somewhat exotic, uh, you know, or that we fetishize as exotic uh, from some other culture. This is also something that, you know, comes very close to home and hits very close to home. And I'm also reminded of the, the, there used to be this group of men at a mall near me that would get together every morning, and I would see them together having breakfast every single morning. And I used to think, what would bring these men together? And I was working on this story at a time at, at this time. And so one day, I just I walked over to their table and I said, "What what brings you guys together? I see you here every morning." And it, they got super quiet. And one of them pulled his shirt sleeve up, and there was a tattoo of a number across his arm that they had all been in the Holocaust uh, together. They had been through the Holocaust and they all shared this tattoo, this marking uh, of of, uh, their Holocaust number. And I was so deeply moved. So often, you know, we think of tattoos as being celebratory, you know, symbols uh, of, of meaning that we choose to intentionally mark our body with. But I was reminded in that moment that sometimes um, these these markings on the body are scars that remind us of, of something that is tremendously painful and that is may not be there by our choice. There's stories, good or bad, yeah. unfortunately. That's right. That all of us carry. But I couldn't That's imagine. Right. I... I my mother uh, grew up across the street across with a woman who had been in the concentration camp and and it's it's so it's such a painful situation she never wanted people to see it she just didn't want people to know and that's every she had every right to do that and i think it's important when people are talking about tattoos to understand that they can be so personal yeah yeah that you know we talk about decorative or you know symbolic sometimes that symbol is a symbol of pain or a symbol of something they've gone through. Yeah. And so it's always good to come into looking at tattoos or a marking of one's body with of a sense of openness, a sense of I'm here to listen. Yeah. No, you're right. The the 
different ways that, you know, tattoos are viewed through the different cultural lenses, lenses, the different mythological traditions. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm reminded of, of Akat, which was uh, a deity in Maya mythology, who's actually associated with tattoos uh, and associated really? with this yeah, process of tattooing. And this is, you know, because the, the, the Maya placed a lot of significance on this process of tattooing, and they believed that the tattoos were the images of, of a god that would bring strength and power to a person. So marking your body with that tattoo was a process, you know, that was painful, even more painful back then. Oh. But it was this process that brought the strength and power of that god to that person's body. I love this one because so often we we tend to gravitate or I tend to gravitate towards uh, the, the Western mythologies. You know, we know so much about the Greeks and the Romans. When we find these interesting aspects, you know, of, of mythologies and cultures that uh, that often don't get as much press, certainly the Maya mythology doesn't get as much press as uh, Greek mythology or Roman mythology. I love to celebrate that. I love to see what other cultures were the ideas they were experimenting with and that that they were exploring long before you know the, these current western ideas about this process and this experience uh, came to light and you know it's when you're talking about being imbued with the power of the god i think of like the celts when they would put the blue war paint on being like i'm taking this power and that's something that's through so many different cultures it's in japanese culture if you're you know wearing uh, have a tattoo of a fox, you will be able to have their cunning. And it's it's interesting that, like you were saying, we always, we only talk about the Greeks and the Romans. And the Romans were, for a very long time, very against tattoos. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very against them. Some say that when they saw the Celts, and they're all decked out and their tattoos and they're blue, they were like, these guys fight really well. They might be onto something. <laughs> but then like the Roman legions would get the legions tattoo on them. And it's even in a culture that might not be open to tattoos, that can change. Yeah. Historical yeah. events, things can change, moods can shift, faiths can shift in a way that makes them powerful again. But Tori, I'm I'm reminded, you know, of when the English, you know, came to New Zealand and the the Maori would often sign documents with their Tamoko uh designs, you know, that uh, of course were were tattooed on their their body to, to represent their lineage you know and their uh, their their social status who they were the the tattoos of the maori were so connected to their identity uh that when it came to sign documents that was their first way to sign these documents yet their tattoo was yes. who they were yes i always think of too there was some uh englishman as they were approaching i believe it was samoa and he was talking about they're the nicest people, but they um, they wear leggings that have all these intricate <laughs> designs on them because from a distance he didn't realize that they were on the skin. <laughs> wow, amazing! Well, Tori, every episode we bring both a skeleton and a key to the Skeleton Keys podcast. There are a number of different skeletons I could dig out of my closet when it comes to tattoos. But Tori, I understand that you've got 
quite the the tale to tell when uh, we talk about skeletons in your closet and tattoos. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a tattoo on the back of my neck. It is the first tattoo I ever got. <laughs> At the time, my mother had told me that we were Choctaw Indian. She's like, we spent summers on the reservation. We're Choctaw. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Well, I want to get something that honors our family. Let me get something in Choctaw. And so I got Chuka Chafa, which means one house, mm. which is the closest to family in that culture. And then about four years later, after it's <laughs> embedded in my skin, I find out that we're not Choctaw. We're just, <laughs> we're just plain black, some whites in there. And I went back to my mom and I was like, mom. <laughs> and she's like, because we did the DNA test thing. Oh. And she's like, well, we did spend our time on the reservation. <laughs> and the truth is, historically, sometimes, especially during the Trail of Tears, a number of tribes would take in African-Americans yeah, as yeah. they were coming. That's that's not unheard of. Right. Well, that was the case. Okay. okay. With my family. Okay. And so instead of the Choctaw, apparently I'm like Norwegian. Okay. That's that. And so I'm just going to cover it with a Viking hat. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't let people see it. Because I'm going to be like, oh, it's something in Choctaw. I'm not Choctaw. <laughs> it's disrespectful. I'm not a culturally appropriate culture I'm not from. Tori, your skeleton key has inspired me to share a skeleton that I had not planned to share. I had, actually, I had planned to share a completely different skeleton. But your skeleton key has made me want to stand in solidarity with you. And I have to tell you, I, I mentioned before, I've got this, this quote from Oedipus Rex on my arm. And when I got the tattoo, I put the year of the quote. I put 429. And at the time, I, I, I didn't realize that was 429 BCE, before the Common Era. And so I had them put just CE, 429 CE. And Tori, that's, you know, that would mean that that, uh, that quote happened like, you know, 850 years after it really did happen. And so I had to go back and have them correct the CE to a BCE uh, and do some clever design work there because I'd put the wrong year on a tattoo. So as long as we're talking about, you know, mistakes on tattoos, <laughs> I have to share mine too, that I, I had to go back and have one corrected because I had, my history was inaccurate on uh, this tattoo that I got. So uh, fortunately now it's, you know, 429 BCE, I'm, I'm good to go, but it was- The world knows. Yeah, it was embarrassing. The world knows I got a tattoo that I had to have corrected because uh, I had made a historical mistake. What well, at least you had it corrected. I just can never wear a ponytail. <laughs> you know, you could. And then when people ask you what it means, you could just say, you know, that's really personal to me. <laughs> and then people were like, oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing that from now on. Yeah. I'm like, um, that was from a different time in my life. Right. So they'll think it's very mysterious. <laughs> right. Right. When actual audio is just 18 and yeah. I didn't know any better. <laughs> well, the upside to my tattoo was before I could get it corrected, nobody knew enough history to like say, hey, that should be BCE, not common era. Nobody exactly. knew. Exactly. You'd have to run into like 
yeah. like historians right <laughs> for them to even like clock that right exactly that's the beautiful of getting that's the beautiful part of getting you know historical or mythological tattoos is honestly very few people are going to try and correct you because so few people know this stuff but you know we know it and that that's the hardest thing to get past am i right well, it's it is hard but it also it encourages the rest of the world, like, get historical and mythological tattoos, because right. most people won't know what it means. Right. But we will. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> we will, indeed. Well, Tori, you know, th- this idea of marking our bodies with tattoos, it has to be said, you know, that whether the tattoo uh, comes to us through needles like they do now, or through different cultures that used to take uh, hollowed out pieces of bone, and and, uh, the the Egyptians, I think, had even a different, you know, process for uh, applying ink into the skin. While I certainly have written words on my body, tattoos, I would say probably even the majority of tattoos, are images. And this, to me, is a really powerful connection between tattoos and the mythological and even the historical is tattoos tend to transcend say that three times fast, tattoos tend to transcend our, our language. They, they speak to an image that is universal. They speak to something that we can understand regardless of, of cultural differences. We may not understand the meaning completely, but we have a much better understand, or a, a much better chance of understanding something that is a symbol or an image as opposed to something that is narrowed down into a textual expression. I, I want to, to share one example of this from my own life. I uh, had a, a gig where I was driving to downtown Los Angeles every morning for a few weeks, and I would stop by my local 7-Eleven and get myself something to drink on the way down to uh, this gig that I had for a few weeks. And every morning when I would stop in, uh, there was this same group of um, men who were in the 7-Eleven, and you could tell they were up early ready to to go to a job site, and they were speaking Spanish to each other. And I was in line behind them, and I happened to notice that one of the men had this tattoo of what I knew was the Rebel Alliance in Star Wars on his skin. and. Every morning I would see him standing in line and I, you know, would often be behind him. And one day I just, I tapped him on the shoulder and I turned, he turned around and I started to tell him, you know, hey, I'm a Star Wars fan too. I, I And he did not understand a word I said, you know, he told me, hey, you know, he threw, he, he just said no English, you know, he let me know he didn't speak English. But it was this beautiful transcendent moment between the two of us because I just pointed at his tattoo and I gave him this look and this thumbs up, you know, of like, hey, this has meaning for me too. And he gave me this look back that we just shared this experience together, that this myth of Star Wars had impacted both of us. We were adherents of the same myth and this choice he had made to have this emblazoned on his skin. And I, I don't presu- presume to, to know anything about this man. I don't presume to know if that tattoo was, uh, you know, uh, something that, uh, you know, he had uh, spent a lot of money to, to have done or what. But, but he had made a choice to have this tattoo put on his body. And in that moment, 
we just had this universal experience where we had both been impacted by this story. We were both, in many ways, adherents to this myth. And it was a powerful moment that morning in a 7-Eleven. And I was reminded how the imagery of tattoos can bring people to identify each other in ways that are not unlike the ways that those who uh, worshipped at the Temple of Dionysus might recognize each other or might uh, find that connection with each other. 100%. I think it's it's interesting. I I saw someone and did a similar thing, and they had a Wonder Woman tattoo. And I was like, oh, I love Wonder Woman. She's like, I do too. And then we just started talking about how growing up, Wonder Woman was it. And there's something about that connection or or even just having it as a jumping off point. You don't have to have the same tattoo, but having these symbols be a jumping off point for conversation and for connection, even between like you, like you, your instance, people who don't speak the same language. Yeah. And like we just recognize, oh, we had that connection yeah. with this, uh, this myth or this symbolism. Yeah. And that matters. And that's, and that's something... I think, you know, it crosses cultural barriers. Yeah. Yeah. That in a way that words can't. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, in in some sense, it, it's a deeper commitment. You know, here in Los Angeles, a lot of people will wear Los Angeles Dodger hats, right? Or Los Angeles Dodger jerseys. And they see each other and there's an instant connection between them of, hey, we're from the same tribe. I recognize you. And in many ways, the, the tattoos are a deeper version of that. Like literally, it's something going to stay with you, you know, for life unless you go through the very painful and expensive process of having it removed. It, it's something that's going to be with you. And, and so it has this inherent meaning to it that this is really important to me. Again, not to say that some people haven't had a, you know, a drunken tattoo or something that meant something at one time or they thought would be cute at one time and then it ended up being uh, not meaningful at all. But I would say for the most part, people that go in and spend money to have something marked on their body, it's an expression of something that is meaningful to them. And that expression of something that is meaningful helps us identify with each other. In some ways, that meaning is often to say to the world, hey, am I alone? Or, or is, there, is there anyone else out there that shares this idea? Is there anyone else this symbol resonates with? Does this connect with anyone else? I've marked my body and put up a flag so you know who I am. Does anyone else out there see it? Am I seen by anyone else? I mean, call me crazy, but I think, I think that's in many ways, the underlying psychology with tattoos is we're, we're wanting to be seen in a deeper way by other people, by expressing through images and text that we commit to our very flesh. I think it's saying, this is who I am. Yeah. This is who I am. And, and I know for myself, I've always viewed my tattoos as my personal journey. Yeah. So every single one I've gotten at a part, I can remember that part of my life yeah. and what those represented and what I wanted that to represent. And I even have, I have tattoos that are aspirational. Yeah. I want to live up to my tattoo. Yeah. Like I want to live up to, you know, being Cleopatra-esque. Yeah. I want to live up to 
you know, understanding that I'm royalty, like Basquiat wanted us to realize. And there, I, I never thought about it in a way of how that could be used to connect. Yeah, I've just always, I've lived it. Yeah, does that make any sense? Yeah, like I've just been like, oh yeah, of course. If someone sees my Basquiat crown and they're like, oh, I've got one too. Yeah, we both know we're art nerds. Yeah, like we can talk about you know. There's just something really beautiful and really spiritual about choosing your tribe. Yeah. Of being like, that's the tribe I want to join. That's the group I want to join. Yeah. You're right. It speaks to the transcendent because in some sense we're saying, you know, the way I wear my hair is not enough to tell you who I am. The clothes that I wear are not enough to tell you who I am. The makeup I put on my face, the jewelry that I wear, it's not enough to tell you who I am. I need to actually carve images and words in my flesh for you to get a better sense of who I am. It speaks to this idea that there's something more. There's something beyond what I can just express with with what I was born with. I need more. There's got to be something else. There's got to be something more that I can use to express this this fuller picture of the experience of usness. And mm-hmm. that is is what many tattoos are about and speak to. And am I saying people have this thought process before they get them? No. These things spring up out of the unconscious. So often our, it springs up in our conscious as something as simple and silly as, I just want to look cool. Mm-hmm. But when we look at the underlying layers of what that thought of I just want to be cool means and where it's coming out of, uh, Tori, we get into the, the richness that, that myth really speaks to. So Tori, every episode, not only do we bring a skeleton out of the closet, we also try and offer a little something we've come across in our journey lately that might be of interest or of help or, or might be enriching to people's lives. And this episode, I am so thrilled to share with you um, an experience, an experience that manifested on a musical album as well as a documentary. And I love documentaries, and Wim Wenders is one of my favorite documentarians, and he did a documentary called Buena Vista Social Club. And it's about this group of older men in Cuba that made music in their youth, and that throughout the Castro regime were were unable to make music. And now that they are old men, they've come back together and started to put this music together. And it's some of the most transcendent, beautiful, powerful music. And Ry Cooter uh, is a musician that went down there. He, he found these men, they put together this musical album, and the documentary came out of that. Um, but if you're looking for music to have that, that mythical quality that, that takes you somewhere in your psyche beyond just where you seem to be setting. Buena Vista Social Club has been doing that for me lately. So that is my key that I offer to you in this episode. That's a great key for those of you who have not listened to Buena Vista Social Club. You will be taken somewhere else. Uh, so good. You, 100%. It's so good. So good. I, every time I play it, I just, I get transported to Cuba. Yeah. Like I really do. Yeah. I just like, okay. I'm I'm with them now. Yeah. They literally bring you along on a journey with through their music. Ugh. So 
Oh gosh, now I'm gonna go listen to that. Today. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, that. do it. But what, what about you? What do you, what do you got for us? Well, for this episode, I actually found someone named the Ooh. tattoo historian. Are you kidding me? That's literally her thing. Um, however, I think she's transitioned into data science, but okay. her name is Anna Friedman. Okay. Um, and she did a dissertation on tattooed transculturites and basically talking about how the idea that, you know, Captain Hook brought over tattoos from the islands is not ac- completely accurate and that tattoos have been kind of spread all over the world for millennia. Mm. Um, and so it kind of helped me to understand of, of that kind of that myth has different beginnings yeah. and it doesn't, it connects in different ways. Oof. And so I had never thought about, I've always thought of like, this is the linear story of how tattoos spread across the world until you actually realize, oh no, they were popping up here and here and also here. Um, so it was really helpful for that. So, so check good. her out, the tattooed historian. The tattooed historian. How cool is that? Tori. You write your whole dissertation on uh, tattoos. So cool. I always learn so much doing this podcast with you. I'm so thankful that you uh, you bring new things into my world, and I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> and vice versa, obviously. I just come to you like, what should I, what should I read? What should I do? <laughs> well, Tori, um, if, if people are wanting to uh, share their tattoos with us or, or engage further about tattoos with us, where can they get a hold of us at? You guys can get a hold of us at skeletonkeyspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on the socials, as the kids say, <laughs> at Skeleton Keys Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And where can they follow you, John? They can follow me on Twitter at John, J-O-H-N-K-B-U-C-H-E-R, or on Instagram at Telling a Better Story. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tori Yates or it's Tori with two R's and I. Hmm. Tori, let's go get some new tattoos. I'm super serious. The next time we get together, do you want to get a tattoo? I do. I do. I do. You you and I are going to be seeing each other in a new city uh, that we both have some business in soon. And we should go find a tattoo uh, shop. Do you want to get skeleton keys? Oh, done. <laughs> done. I am so in on getting a skeleton keys tattoo. Done. We're doing it. Done. We're doing it. It's I done. I love it. <laughs> Hey, Tori, if we get skeleton tattoos, we're going to have to share them on social media. So let's just put the word out now. By the time this episode comes out, Tori and I may or may not have uh, skeleton keys tattoos to share with you. And so check out our social media if you want to find if we got them or not. You're going to see. Is it what happens? Who knows? (laughs) Find out soon. (laughs) We'll see you next time on Skeleton Keys.